1: And welcome to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club Podcast, where we read them so you don't have to, because we have such sights to show you. My name is Kevin, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Benedict, who has just been indicted for his crimes against culinary society. <laughs> Benedict, how do you feel about fruit snacks?
2: As in, like, dried fruit, or like, like, fruit No, by the thing that is implicated when I say the word fruit snacks. So, like, a fruit roll-up, like, type yeah. thing? S- sure. If you're gonna fight me on it, if you're gonna fucking fight I'm me, not, on I'm not it. gonna fight. I just uh, sorry. Sorry. Do you mean dehydrated fruits? <laughs> oh yes, I love a banana chip. Yes, indeed. <laughs> oh, dehydrated, mm, dehydrated, dehydrated mango. Lovely.
1: Yes, I <laughs> buy whole, whole Foods by the pound.
2: <laughs> you don't buy that by the pound. That's ridiculous. That would be so much mango. Hey, they got it in the box section. <laughs> buy the ounce.
1: Be on the toilet for a week.
2: <laughs> uh, not great. I feel not great about them. I will say. No, not like a yeah. Welch's uh, fruit snack, or uh, uh, so my. I, I I, I'm not sure if one would count this as a fruit snack or just a candy, but I like I like a Haribo gummy bear.
1: You know, that's straddling the line between. It is, yeah, it's in the gray snack. zone
2: between fruit snack and candy. I think
1: once you get to gummy worm,
2: you're no longer in fruit snack Interesting. territory. But fruit snack, uh, but yeah, gummy bears have like specific fruit flavors that are written on the back of the packet.
1: That's true, but I feel like fruit snacks are usually less chewy. They're more, like,
2: malleable. They
1: fall apart a little bit more. (laughs) I'm thinking of Gushers. We're thinking of Gushers. That's what I'm talking about. We all remember Gushers. Gushers were great back in the day. Never had one of those. They probably are still inside of my gut, tearing me up from the inside, but I ate so many Gushers when I was younger.
2: Good to know. Just great stuff. So I'm guessing you feel good about them.
1: I feel great about it. I feel great about fruit snacks.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Anyways,
1: Benedict, you probably know what it is we do here on this program. Uh, But some folks, those who have never had a fruit snack, uh, Uh. they might, they might not know what we do here. And to them I would say, this is the show where you go deep, 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 deep to plumb the depths of right-wing thought by reviewing a chapter from work in conservative nonfiction, and in between, taking a look at other examples of the right doing their best to make America hate again. Start us off, Benedict. Do you have a hot take for us this week?
2: Uh, Yes, I do. Uh, And it is that I... uh... Let me think how to put this. <laughs> Let me think how to come up with one on the fly. I, I am con- No, no, I'm concerned. Bennett, how long have we been doing this show? Uh, no, no. How I long do- we been I, no, doing no, this show? No, I'm trying to put this in a way that will achieve maximum humor. Okay. Um, my concern is that I am concerned that you've seen Parks and Rec. Yes. I'm concerned that I am on the path to potentially becoming a Jeremy Jam co- type character, <laughs> in the sense that I am hitting my enjoying Asian culture, East Asian culture, and food <laughs> phase way too late Look, in life.
1: You could just tell us that you just bought several kimonos off of Amazon. I, you I could skipped tell us that,
2: that phase in college, which is where <laughs> I feel like Americans go through that phase or enter that phase uh-huh. at least. Uh-huh. But now I'm you're, entering you're it as I, yeah. as I enter my thirties. Look, we don't have as many east asian immigrants in the uk so i wasn't as exposed (laughs) to the culture as some people and now i'm here cooking with putting soy sauce in everything it's delicious grinding szechuan pepper on top of everything watching k-dramas on netflix (laughs) here i fucking am you know it's fine i've accepted it i'm just concerned i'm well the good thing is i can't grow hair like him so that's at least something
1: this is this is what we'll say, kids. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Not even
2: once. <laughs> I love that movie too. It's all yeah. Anyway, it whatever. is a fine
1: movie. Uh, glad it uh, won awards. But uh, Stephanie Su, I think that's the name of the lead actress. Uh, she, should she should have won. She should have won. She was great in that movie.
2: I thought it was Michelle Yeoh, and she did win. What? Uh, no, the the daughter. Oh, I see. The daughter, oh, yeah, didn't, yeah okay, okay. The daughter okay. didn't win. Uh, I thought I she was
1: yeah, yeah. the the uh, Michelle Yeoh was great. Yeah, I yeah. thought the daughter gave a fantastic performance. Yeah, it was great. Just the fact that going back and forth between the daughter in, I don't know, let's call it World A, the, yeah. the one they were in originally, and then the maniacal crazy one who was uh, trying to destroy everything and all that, I thought it was great. Yeah, I thought it was a really the, fantastic performance. Everyone
2: in that movie was great. Jamie Lee Curtis did not deserve to win. You are correct. Yes. um I mean,
1: she was good, but, like, yeah, what but she, she had like Oscar 15 good. minutes
2: of screen time? Yeah, she wasn't Oscar good. Yeah. Um, anyways, anyways, we both love it, what about you? And,
1: and, and I'm on board because I eat a lot of Asian food, too, because cool. yep. uh, that's the flavors I like.
2: Same. What's I your know. favorite dish that you cook?
1: My favorite Asian dish? Yeah, yeah. I do, because I recently found, so I, I, I've talked about the Asian grocery store I go out to yeah, uh, yeah. here in St. Louis, and I recently found that they sell dried, uh, uh, are they Szechuan peppers? I forget what they are. Yeah. Uh, I buy them by the bag. They come in a plastic bag. Just oh, like shit, a, yeah. just like a, not, not like, not like a Ziploc bag. They come in yeah, a Ziploc yeah. bag yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I'll buy them by like the
2: pound. I did that yesterday. They take uh-huh. peppers. I literally bought a bunch of those. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And they're fat. They're s- super spicy, but for yeah. some reason I love that flavor so much. I'll just keep eating them. So I make my own version of like a Kung Pao chicken. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, lots of With peanuts. Tons yeah. of those dried chilies on there it's so yeah. good i love, love it that. i mean i have so many favorite asian recipes i eat miso soup you know two or three times i a know week. you
2: like it, intravenously almost yeah
1: yeah it's a, it's a great um, breakfast it's a really great that's breakfast.
2: true yeah it's a salty way to start your day
1: <laughs> we need to start a miso soup <laughs> brand and advertise it as the salty way to start your day
2: oh no i'm <laughs> accidentally doing branding for weird <laughs> breakfast items Okay, what's your hot take? Is uh, it that miso soup is a great way to start? No, your day? no, it's
1: not. No, it's not. Uh, going back to the uh, the obviously original intent of this uh, with something uh, not that important at all. Always be prepared to be disappointed in any YouTuber
0: at okay. any time.
1: At any time, I've recently spent the last couple of weeks on just a long, long, long stretch of watching videos, uh, basically all about per- police interactions. Um, you know, obviously, I'm a lawyer. I'm interested in this stuff. Um, and there's this whole community of people out there who call themselves First Amendment auditors. And they go out with their cameras and they film the police. And I okay. think that's great. That's a wonderful yeah. thing to do. You should sure. film the police anytime you see them in public or anytime you interact with them for your own safety uh, and not theirs. They have fucking guns, they don't need it for their safety. Uh, but so many of these. Channels on YouTube who are doing this are libertarian shitlords who are just annoying as all holy fuck. <laughs> who are uh, doing
2: the right thing for the wrong reasons.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and you don't want to look them up on Twitter or anywhere else because you don't want to see the kind of stuff they're posting.
2: No. You really don't. They're not
1: good people. But there was one channel I was watching for a while. It was called Lackluster. And it's this dude, and he seemed all right at the beginning. And then he goes, And then, you know, I was watching like all the way back from when he started. And then it's just like, you know, Trump starts bubbling in there and anti-feminism and all this stuff. Uh, And it just turns out to be a shitbag. I found one channel that I think is really good. It's called Audit the Audit. Um, I did look them up on Twitter to see that they are right-wing shitlords. But their channel is great. It's really great in that they honestly cover police interactions they do basic analysis of the law that, as a lawyer, I can tell you is actually like passing grade for a second year mm-hmm. law student. Uh, they so do...
2: worse than ChatGPT is what it's.
1: <laughs> they do a good job at that, um, yeah. and they obviously they're against the police. So I can I can align with them on those points and enjoy the content, um, and and get all of my uh, cravings for all these police interaction videos that I need. But uh like i said a lot of them are right-wing ring shitlords so uh what i'm saying is we need a leftist uh police
2: uh interaction YouTube we need leftist everything dude like
1: there probably is one i'm not aware of it's just that the algorithm the problem, always drives yeah. me to right-wing shit because of what i watch just yeah. doing research for the show well, or, and
2: because of the how the algorithm works
1: exactly exactly <laughs> anyways benedict let's move it along what's on your bookshelf this week?
2: Uh, it is garden of evening Mists, which is a novel um and yeah, i haven't actually started reading it yet but it is my next everything
1: you ever suggest sounds like the name of a mid to late 2000s emo pop punk band
2: that's because my personality is that of a <laughs> mid to late 2000s emo pop punk band oh actually no fuck at it. least you my, recognize my, it my bookshelf this week is paramore's new album who came <laughs> back after a after a hiatus
1: you should uh, have i should have known you would have <laughs> we <We've laughs> talked you? about who, uh, what the terrible youth you were
2: <laughs> i was yeah i was an emo kid um i have no shame in that by the way still I wear a lot of black still wear a lot of black yeah um all my hair fell out so i can't head back anymore in <laughs> the same with the same intensity <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, listen to Paramore's new album. That's actually my bookshelf. And also okay. read the Indonesian post-World War II historical fiction novel that I mentioned. But also listen to Paramore's new album. It's much easier to get through.
1: There you go.
2: Okay, please support me on that, folks. Don't make Kevin bully me. He's like, Come come with some paramour love. I'll always bully okay. you. I know, that's true. What about you? What's your bookshelf?
1: Uh, my bookshelf this week uh, is actually a series of mm. video games uh, okay. <laughs> that I have recently started replaying. <laughs> just
2: uh, rename this fucking segment because it's never the been The Borderlands
1: series. The Borderlands okay, right, series. Right. Those are great games. I mean, they're just nonsense. They're out there. It's wacky. It's wild. Uh, And it's just so much fun to play. Um, And they were on sale on Steam recently, so I bought them all. Um, I have not yet played Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, uh, which uh, I am excited for, because it's supposedly like a uh, a D&D RPG mix-up type thing going there. So I'm excited for that. Haven't gotten to it yet, but I love the Borderlands franchise. I just think it's so much fun. Uh, So you should all go check it out if you haven't already. But on to housekeeping this week. Remember to rate and review us on the iTunes. Follow us on the social medias at NYGBC Pod on Twitter and at NYGBC Ben. Uh, 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 updates only uh, only one this week, uh, and that is, which should be apparent to anyone who keeps track, that the next chapter of the Great Reset that we'll be doing is the final chapter mm. of the Great Reset. Uh, so send your Rex. <laughs> <laughs> we are we are very sad to see it go um,
2: we're gonna do Ted Cruz's book when it comes out right god the...
1: that, that is a oh god uh, the title of it the fact yeah. that he did he put what was it he put in the title was it cultural Marxism that he just no, put in the title
2: how to defeat cultural Marxism yeah the, the subhead, fact that
1: he's just going for straight up
2: protocols of the elders of zion level shit yeah. Unwoke, um, how to defeat cultural marxism in america
1: yeah makes it a little bit irresistible but it doesn't come out till around november uh because i think he thinks he's gonna run for president again yeah. <laughs> isn't that fun uh so we do need we would like some help of the listeners in coming up with what our next book will be uh for the summer
2: please stop sending be us ben shapiro's summer. horny book You don't, <laughs> don't want to read ben shapiro's <laughs> horny novel. yeah the pro- look, we're thinking about doing Actually, we book. would. It's just Robert Evans already did that one. Right, so.
1: right. The, the Behind the Bastards obviously did uh, Ben Shapiro's terrible novel. It feels like, you know, we don't want to... We do our own thing over here. We don't like to copy what other people have done. Kind of. Obviously, I love Knowledge Fight, so we did an Alex Jones book, but, you know, they didn't cover the book on their show, or at least they haven't yet, so it felt right for us being a book show to go ahead and do it. Uh, but we are looking for a fiction book. I think it's time for us to do a palate cleanser, as Benedict mm-hmm. has called it. Um, so if anyone has suggestions for terrible right-wing fiction books that you think would be good for us to cover on the show, let me know. Obviously, we have two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, I guess, uh, until we actually need to have it and be ready to go. So uh, we have a that amount of time for people, I guess, to go read some shitty right-wing and, books and um, tell me what j- they j- think just to, would be
2: good. Just, just to say, we won't do that chapter by chapter like we do these ones. We'll no. do it. We'll we'll do it like we did the Maga Hat Romance and do like 100 pages it, at a hundred pages. It would be
1: hard to do like a fiction book where has eight page chapters, That's... or you know, sometimes you have those two page chapters or something. Yeah. It'd be hard to do that week by week if we were to yeah, do yeah. that. But
2: way. we'll do like a hundred pages at a time, so it'll take us like three or four weeks. So send us whatever you want, and we'll uh, we'll figure it out.
1: But obviously, I've considered like the Brad Thor
2: books, yeah, or, which we um, might still do.
1: I forget the guy who wrote the Mitch Rap books. I, I, I've done this a bunch of times on the show where I can't remember his name, and then I look it up. These all
2: sounds like sound like euphemisms for genitalia. Probably, like I'm so, probably like are. Just, yeah.
1: Probably. I, I'm sure these people all have nicknames for them because they're that kind of dude. But, Brad uh, is 100% uh, Send us your recommendations on penis. Twitter or uh, over on Patreon, wherever you want to, and uh, we will make the decision in the upcoming weeks. And we look forward to whatever torture is ahead. If for you
2: us. send it on Patreon, it gets counted as two votes. <laughs>
1: our patrons mass and (laughs) more but benedict we have one new inductee into the spooky world new world order there this week and that is of course our newest patron cal Hart flood you are now part of our
0: new world spooky
2: world order uh
1: he's a cousin of the uh uh uh, i wanted to say fucking nailed that joke uh cousin of the stevie ray vaughn song uh texas flood that's that's who that is
2: that was really worth fucking up that much over the first <laughs> iteration of the joke. We really I got like to end. come up with fake yeah, relatives you know, for all of cool. our
1: patrons. It's a thing. Uh, but if you would like to join the Spooky World New World Order, of course, you can tweet or post about the show on social media. Recommending it to others, send me a screenshot or tag us in it. Leave us a five star review wherever you can. Drop me a screenshot to let me know. Make a donation to a worthwhile charity. Become a patron or just get my attention with something good. And with all that out of the way, Benedict.
2: I'm not a witch.
1: <laughs> but that aside, why don't we move on? I decided I'm just going to start doing random drops after we finish with that little portion because I never get to play them often enough. So I'm going to pick them at random. Uh, (laughs) We will move on to our Alex Jones clip of the week. I couldn't find one that really tied into this week's chapter because it's a bunch of gobbledygook. Mm. Uh, But I just found one of (laughs) Alex being really gross. Yeah, I just found one of Alex being really gross. So I figured, why not? Let's take a look at that one.
0: Uh, but they intend on making the world so hellish in the build up to 2030 that. Is the they the normal they? Just... Uh,
1: the they is the globalists. Yeah, but I think okay. we know. Yeah, that we You, know that you have that, to yeah, ask yeah. Alex who they are. Yeah. And
0: he yeah. doesn't answer. Wink, wink. When they release. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah. perfect I don't know what. Yeah, <laughs> it just makes me laugh. It's the race specific bioweapons, starting with Africa, that are going to wipe that continent. Absolutely, Al. Okay.
1: By the way, he has a white cup that he just took a nice big gulp from.
2: Nice mm, big whiskey. gulp. That's whiskey. Whiskey in the jar.
1: You know, given some revelations about Alex's drinking habits, I would not be surprised. But I don't know if you heard it there. He's talking about race-specific bioweapons. Yes. Which are not a thing. No. Uh, that's possible be- because actual science and genetics. But but yeah. sure, let's let's play
0: along. And you'll be under such invasion from the refugees of the economic warfare in Africa that you will quietly, while you're playing cards with your buddies, say, well, it had to be done. And when you go along with that metaphysically, spiritually, culturally, the devil's got your soul. So Alex doesn't want to bomb all of Africa.
2: That's good. Uh, Does he? I don't know. It's... It's a, it sounds like he thinks we're going to be tricked into bombing Africa because we're fed up of refugees.
1: Mm, give this clip about 30 more okay. seconds. All
0: right. don't like the big giant African hordes being brainwashed against us and the left programming brown people to hate white people. It's all part of a plan, folks. Mm, yes. It's all part of a very sophisticated plan. And I don't just study history, I don't just study the New World Order. He doesn't even I have study the Holy history. Spirit. Doesn't mean I'm a perfect vessel. Far from it. But I, I do have deep connection to God and god tells me okay
1: full stop when anyone says that you should run you should just run that's true
0: and if i take part in wiping out the brown people the black people that i will be cut off from god we're supposed to lift each other up now that doesn't mean when a gang of racist foaming at the mouth black people come to rape rob or kill you which is just it's out of control right now (laughs) that you don't defend yourself and kill every person you need to to protect your family if they're attacking you that's the problem with that statement though. let me just tell you the <laughs> yeah, problem okay. with that.
2: wow would well, you manage to find one problem with that statement is
1: that <laughs> alex has trained his audience to think of everything as an attack on them yeah everything everything fluoride in your water is an attack on
0: you brown people moving in down the street attack on you potential attack yeah that said, though, just because they're brainwashed, some of them, and are being part of that, doesn't mean we have to fall into the brainwashing either. And they tell you everything they're doing in the movie and The Kingsman. Just, right. just, okay.
1: Yeah, I just saw your head broke up when you heard that. Uh, national treasure of your homeland, The Kingsman. Great the Kingsman, fine film, yeah. of course. Uh, yeah. But on at the current moment, Alex is just playing security camera clips of black people attacking white people. I thought there was
2: just, like, music swelling in the background. There is, because (laughs) his
1: producers are like, oh, this is bad, we need to go to commercial break. Alex is is going down a bad road, we need to get him off the air right now. But he's just playing clips of black people attacking white people while
0: talking about uh, the impending race war, I guess. Where they send out the program through the cell phones and cell phone towers to make everybody start killing each other. That's what Klaus Schwab talks about, the angrier world. This is part of a plan. So He's the getting the Oscars, Oscars this, over, over it time. doesn't make it less dangerous. We'll be right back. I, I don't know what that that music clip is, but I know I've heard it before. It sounds
2: it's, like Benny Hill in a minor key. It,
1: <laughs> it's like one of those public domain clips that is used for like, you know, uh, uh, action scene in uh, very low budget student films—it's yeah. something like that. It's—it's
2: it's right at the Valkyries, but not quite.
1: <laughs> but that—that's the clip, and boy, look, I love all people, but all these black people are attacking white people, and we gotta kill them.
2: This is what Alex said. Just to be very the clear,
1: <laughs> it was the gist. You know, yeah. I don't want to m- misquote the man, but. Like I've said, there's subtext, there's text, and then there's supra-text. text That was the supra Supertext text is my own new invention. I'm copywriting it. I not think <laughs> that's new.
2: I think that's a thing.
1: Anyways, Benedict, with all that out of the way, why don't we return mm. to our book review of The Great Reset by Alex Jones. Short chapter this week. Huh? Short chapter this week. Short cha- short-ish chapter. Short short-ish. Ish. It is chapter nine, and Benedict, what did we read this week?
2: Well, we read the globalists try to find the narrative in which uh, Alex claims to be human. humanity's only real shaman and well, I think we all know that
1: to be true, right? He yeah, is, yeah. He is the, yeah, the, yeah. the lone truth-sayer among us.
2: The, the uh, prophet and storyteller, if you will. Yes. Uh,
1: and did you have an alternate chapter title for one of this? I
2: do. It's, have you seen Top Gun, Maverick? That shit's incredible. <laughs>
1: Did you know Spielberg paid for them to turn the the aircraft carrier around? <laughs>
2: yeah. Yes,
1: there is two pages just describing part of the plot of Top Gun Literally Maverick.
2: not even analyzing it, just being like... <laughs> no,
1: just describing yeah. it.
2: And, and, like, and, and, and li- he literally describes it for two pages and I'm like, we humans love that shit, basically. <laughs> In the level of detail,
1: well, maybe not quite, but the le- almost the level of detail on those uh, movies where they have someone describing it for the visually impaired.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Just like it's, it's like, you know, have you seen The Emperor's New Groove? Uh-huh. Yes, you know at the beginning Gr- where film. he like fine pauses film. pauses the movie and is like, "This is how we got here," <laughs> and he's like doing circles and like, "That's me, no, that's me," and like, it's like that. That's what Alex does. Look, Kronk
1: this. is the only thing that matters about that movie. That's we all know. A good yeah, that's Kronk good is call. the greatest. Yeah. Uh, but
2: anyway,
1: as you said, uh, this chapter is titled "The Globalist. Try to find the narrative. And Wait, did begins... you have a? Did you have an alternate chapter? Oh, something? I didn't give it. Oh, uh, it's Alex's bad book report. Oh, uh, yeah. I, yeah, a little bit lazy this week. I don't think that's... he'd
2: call that the chapter, though. I don't yeah. think he'd write the chapter.
1: Eh, he didn't write the book, so, you know. Yeah, uh, he begins, quote, Schwab and his Davos buddies keep trying to come up with a storyline that motivates people more than the classical idea that individuals struggle to lead a virtuous life, and in that effort, society is benefited. It seems as if they believe their failure to move people is because they just haven't come up with that magical myth that the idiots will blindly follow.
2: That's funny, because Alex thinks he has that magical message that idiots will blindly follow. Well,
1: is he wrong? He sort of does. He sort of does. He continues. Schwab first tried to pitch the fourth industrial revolution, but it didn't catch fire. When that failed, he released the book, Shaping the Future. So he just goes through the books that Schwab has done. That's all it is. He just goes through and says, ah, nobody cared about any of these books that Schwab wrote. And I say... Yeah, nobody cared about any of those okay, books.
2: Okay, l- hold on. I just, I actually, I keep meaning to do this, and I'm going to do it live while mm-hmm. we talk about it. Um, So his books have bad reviews on Goodreads, but I presume that's because of <laughs> Alex Jones. <laughs> uh, Possible. So, yeah, they I have I also wouldn't suspect
1: the... many people actually read them. That's, yeah, it's one of those things, have, like, like...
2: Even with Alex being mad about them, they only have, like, hundreds of reviews. Which, yeah. like who's that other guy he hates Yuval Noah you oh. all know harari
1: you all well, know there's a lot of guys he hates but N- yeah, you yeah, have that, to be more that, specific that's, that's but yes you mean. all know unlike yeah. you've all know harari uh klaus schwab's books didn't get many actual reads you've all know harari uh, obviously his book was a, a massive bestseller, bestseller yeah.
2: yeah i just want to see how many how many reviews that has okay so that has forty nine thousand reviews just for yeah. context quite a bit yeah but that's,
1: that's just what happens when a billionaire has someone ghostwrite a book for them. Like, y- do you really think... Okay, I will say, let me just step out for a moment. The books written by people like, you know, Mark Benioff, who we're going to talk about in a moment, um, mm. those do get lots of people reading them. Because existence Mark of the exist- Benioff's book. Well, because of the existence of Instagram Hustle Bros... Who think that if they read the book by the big CEO, they'll be able to pick up on some secret, because they don't realize that the secret is screwing over everyone to get to where you are. Mm-hmm. Like that's it's just like there are people who do buy these books by high-powered CEOs and people uh, because they think that it's gonna give them the what they need to finally make that uh you know golf cart uh customization company of theirs get off the ground level and make that billion dollars they think they're gonna get someday
2: That's right you are right
1: uh, could work if you're in Florida but maybe not mm. anywhere else but so anyways he says continuing skipping down in the ways quote maybe instead of being so
2: provocative he wanted to try oh, hold on exceptional- you skipped, you skipped his only good line of the chapter really I thought there were a couple good lines this chapter well okay the, this first bit of the chapter anyway uh, where he says, uh, when that failed, he released the book "Sleeping, uh, Shaping the Future of the Fourth Industrial Re- Revolution." Maybe because, like a tourist in a foreign country, he believes that if he just speaks slowly and loudly, he can get the locals to understand him. Okay, them. okay. Here's lie. the thing, though. I know that Alex goes to Mexico on
1: vacation oh, for regularly, sure. yeah, yeah. and I know that Alex speaks slowly and loudly, hoping uh, that people uh, understand. Uh, understand uh,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> dos Margaritas, poor favor. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, it's getting down to where oh, I was and Sorry. continuing maybe instead of being so provocative, he wanted to try for an exceptionally boring title. So his next effort published in January, 2021 was stakeholder capitalism, a global economy that works for progress, people, and the planet. And mm. then he tells us that's what we're going to be talking about the rest of this chapter. And that's where my heart sank because I knew that was just going to be the most boring thing imaginable. And mm-hmm. and boy, wasn't I right?
2: Yeah. So he so starts. Can can I just say yeah. here's the thing with this? This is actually a thing that's catching on. So stakeholder capitalism is is basically the idea that oh, yeah. um, you are as a company responsible to more than just your stock and bond holders and owners of the company. Mm-hmm. You are responsible to the the totality of society that the actions of your company affect. Yes. With the point being that we should try and create an equitable and a lot of it's corporate jargon. Corporate right like a lot you know, of it oh,
1: there there are few circumstances in where it is actually put in in a real world like the rei guy is yeah. probably like the one example no, of the, where the, st- the
2: patagonia the patagonia,
1: uh, patagonia yeah, right, that's yeah. right that's right patagonia uh, is probably the, the one place i see what's even the actually... fucking
2: point because you don't even remember which fucking Sorry. clothing <laughs> um no but okay so I, rei always... sells patagonia my confusion oh my. was warranted <laughs> fair enough all I was going to say is this is something that um, there's something called the business roundtable, um, which is like the business leaders in the U.S. And they adopted this as a thing in like mm-hmm. 2019. Right. They were like, we should do more to build up our communities and it, we shouldn't be profits shouldn't be the only motivation, which is a step forward. Like even the fact that they're saying that is a good thing. Yeah. Oh, whether def- they act it definitely on it is. Is, is another thing. But like, you know, anyway, it's
1: definitely good that those impulses are there. And that in some cases they
2: feel the need to pretend they believe that at least.
1: And in some cases, it does produce some material benefits, right? It's not ideal. It's not. Don't trust capital
2: ever, though. But it's it's also
1: not a concept that Klaus Schwab came up with. No, no, it's
2: just something that he's pushing,
1: right? That's but that's what Alex would seem to have us believe from this chapter, because he doesn't bother to dive into the ideas of stakeholder capitalism at all. I think he did that a little bit earlier in this book. Where he got mad when stakeholders came up and just started calling it fascism and whatever yeah. all that nonsense.
2: <laughs> Big business uh, plus government equals fascism. Right, right.
1: But so y- you're right. I agree with you. I think it's it's good that these ideas are out there in the business world because we're we're not. Look, look, my fellow leftists here, Um, we're we're not going to have a revolutionary overthrow of the capitalist system, uh, certainly not anytime soon. So we do have to work within the system to try and create a better world in any ways that we can. Um, Having said that,
2: don't trust capital.
1: Absolutely. Uh, But so he starts off with the, the, not even the, what? Like, blurbs. He starts off with blurbs from the beginning of Klaus Schwab's newest the,
2: book. Yeah, they're mini-reviews. They I mean.
1: are. And let me just tell you right at the outset that uh, this is one of the books of Klaus Schwab's that is not available free online as a PDF, so I was not able to go read the entire thing because I was not about to give him $15 fucking dollars, uh, for one episode of this podcast for me to be able to read and fact-check Alex. Nope, so that seems right. <laughs> the extent of my fact-checking ability on this one was the look inside that's available on Amazon, (laughs) which is, you know, I don't know, 25, 30 pages or something that they give
2: you. It wouldn't Um, surprise me if that's also what Alex read, to be fair. (laughs)
1: Well, you know, you just killed my next joke because I was about to say most of what you get is the preface. (laughs) And luckily, Alex seems to have mostly dwelled on the preface to this book. Uh, He gets very bored after about 10 or 15 pages, I think, and he doesn't want to go much longer than that. But it does include uh, these blurbs by these these individuals at the beginning of the book. The one we're going to talk about right here is from Mark Benioff. Uh, CEO of Salesforce, who we've talked about before. And the quote that he gave was, quote, 50 years ago, Klaus Schwab first proposed his theory that businesses are not only responsible to their shareholders, but also to all their stakeholders. That was not an idea Klaus Schwab proposed. There were people in society saying that. Klaus Schwab was just a big a big name with a lot of money repeating it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also to their stakeholders. With a global economic system generating deep divisions and inequalities, Klaus renews his call for a form of capitalism that works for everyone and where businesses don't just take from society, but truly give back and have a positive impact. Stakeholder capitalism is an urgent call to action. Now, taking those words on their face, there's no way for Alex to disagree with that. Combined with all the other things he has ever said, there is no way for him to disagree with that. But Benedict, you Let know. Let me tell you how he, does.
2: how he does. Says, he says do Did Mark ever read a Christmas carol or watch yes. a Christmas carol?
1: <laughs> That's really what he says. Um, Yeah, I'm
2: not kidding. That's a quote. (laughs) Yeah,
1: let me read you. Let me read you the full quote, because it's ridiculous. Mark Benioff would have you believe that before Klaus Schwab, nobody had ever raised the idea that businesses should be concerned with humanity. Hey, I share that gripe with Alec, because Mark Benioff gave all that credit to Klaus Schwab for an idea he didn't come up with. Mm. But he continues, What kind of childhood did Benioff have? Probably a very wealthy one, mm-hmm. if I had to guess. Did his parents never allow him to watch one of the many film adaptations of A Christmas Carol around the holidays? Has he yeah. never seen the ghost of Jacob Marley scream at Ebenezer Scrooge that instead of being a good man of business, mankind was my business? Has Mark Benioff never heard of charity?
2: That's not what this is. That's possible. that's.
1: That's missing the point. That's 100 100- because this is <laughs> also, not about charity. Alex,
2: you don't want that to happen. Like, you don't want businesses to do good for society. Like, it's like, ah, oh, that already happens. Like, no, it fucking doesn't, which is why we need to keep talking about it. Right. Most charity is done for tax breaks. Like, I'd
1: like to imagine that the only version of the Scrooge story that Mark Benioff ever got to see is was the duck Scrooged. One? Scrooge. No, Scrooge. Scrooge. Bill Murray. Oh, okay. uh, fine film, by the way. Fine film. Probably, I'm trying to think back. Is it probably got some rapey scenes in it? Probably.
2: Let's hope not.
1: Just thinking off the top of my
2: head. Yeah. Uh,
1: anyways, why don't you're we not safe dwell from that on that? With
2: Scrooge McDuck, I'd say. Anyway, <laughs> so if you're gonna watch one, watch.
1: Uh, we next get uh, uh, Alexander De Croo, the Prime Minister of Belgium, who just wrote some boring shit I don't care about. Uh, then and he gives same us a... for
2: the Prime Minister of the Netherlands.
1: Then he gives us the Prime Minister of the Netherlands, Mark Root. Uh, who had this to say, quote, in stakeholder capitalism, my good, I'm not going to do the accent. I can't. That that would not work for me. Uh, <laughs> my good friend, Professor in, Schwab. In
2: stakeholder capitalism, <laughs> my good friend, Professor Schwab.
1: You're just doing the fucking Goldfinger, or not Goldfinger, you're doing Profe- uh, yeah. Dr. Evil. That's no, all you're doing. That's no, all you're doing. No. Uh, my good friend, Professor Schwab, outlines an inspiring way forward in, <laughs> in my... In you started doing it. <laughs> In making the global economy more equitable, sustainable, and future proof. <laughs> sustainable. My Vinky. What a key. A vision that fits in perfectly with all the efforts over the years to build a better. There's world. a lot of sh sounds. and <laughs> so crazy. Once again, Professor Schwab gives us food for thought <laughs> and reflection with <laughs> this fashion fashionating book. We're going to dive know, before we get to the end it, of this please. chapter. <sighs> And then Alex says, Ahem, "I find myself a little confused <laughs> <laughs> by the pronouncement of the Prime Minister of the Netherlands.
2: How are exactly- so many S's in all these sentences?
1: <laughs> How exactly is Schwab going to make the global economy future-proof?" Does that
2: mean no dissent will be allowed? No, obviously that's (laughs) That's not what it means. It's just a common thing that people say is like, we'll be ready for when the world alters in the future because we'll have a plan for it.
1: But here's the thing, nine chapters into this book, I am still not prepared for how lazy (laughs) and uninspired Alex's attempts to take just... Pithy banal language,
2: words. banal pithy.
1: bullshit, and try and twist them into his conspiracy. Yeah. Future proof. <laughs> does that mean shock troops on all <laughs> the corners,
2: ready to drag grandma to the gulag? Black ops troops busting down Texas doors. Hey, hey, hey! Are they going to be big, medium, or small helicopters, motherfucker? What are they going to be, be? Big. Gotta be big. <laughs> Go to the patron episodes if you're not understanding what we're
1: talking about. <laughs> But then he says, quote, in the preface, Schwab supports my premise that whether it was before COVID or after COVID, the Davos crowd has always been about globalism and tighter control over the world population.
2: I just don't think they've ever hidden this. Which I guess is the, oh, they're telling you in plain sight thing that they're saying. But like, yeah, they do want globalism. That's the whole fucking thing. Well, they want globalism
1: in a different sense than Alex means. Oh, it. yeah, obviously. But by like, globalism, it's the they world mean greater interconnectedness forum. of all the people around the globe and trade and uh, communication yeah, yeah, yeah. and all this
2: stuff. That's what they mean by globalism. It's Alex world, means World Economic Forum with right. clues in the fucking name.
1: Alex means black helicopters, New World Order invasion, shock
2: troops, and all that bullshit. Alex means someone dropping a bomb directly onto his head. Like, (laughs) hit. Just it doesn't even explode, it just hits him in the head.
1: The thing that sucks is that globalism was a term used in political science for, like, the last 25, 30 years. And at some point, I'm sure, because I'm trying to think back of all the political science stuff I had to read in college, like... You didn't see it in more recent stuff, and I think it's largely because of Alex.
2: Possibly, yeah. (laughs) I think they
1: started using different terms because it got that connotation. Also, I think, I mean,
2: it it definitely, like, it has become... uh, Tainted. Yeah, but also more critiqued as an ideology, I think, more recently. Sure. As as its limits kind of, uh, like, especially in the US, as its limits became more obvious.
1: Well, I honestly, I don't know... uh, I think if you're talking in the sense of what are the hopes that were ascribed to globalism, people mm-hmm. who would talk about uh, democratic peace theory and, or, or mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, sort of these sort of neoliberal ideas of uh, interconnectedness and how mm-hmm. we reduce the risk of war and things because of all of it globally, certainly there's disappointments and, and uh, ways that globalism hasn't lived up to its promise. But I don't know what anyone who is uh, quote unquote opposed to globalism what do you want to replace it with?
2: Well, Le- less is-
1: communication between nature-
2: nations uh, and peoples? Uh, it's, it's not Less even interaction? It, it, like- it tends to be... Uh, the, the critiques come from protectionists, generally, I'd say. Right. Um, Which... Okay, we get Alex talking about protectionism a little later on in this chapter. Yeah, that's true. He doesn't like protectionism either.
1: Bullshit. <laughs> bullshit he doesn't. Fuck you, Alex. I don't think you know what you're writing. I don't think you know the words coming <laughs> out of your computer. hates globalism,
2: hates protectionism. Alex, what do you want from us? I don't know.
1: <laughs> but remember, so what he said was that the preface sh- supports his premise that the Davos crowd is about globalism and tighter control. And what he gives us to support that is this, quote, But now we have some distance from the initial crisis and many of us, including myself, have come to realize the pandemic and its effects are deeply linked to the problem we had already identified with the existing global economic system. This perspective brought me back to the discussion I had been having in February 2020 on the date of that fateful call from Beijing, that being the COVID-19 phone call. Many of the analyses we had previously been working on were more true than ever. You will be able to read about them in this book. What about that? says that they want more control, and glo-
2: what about it? The, Kevin, you and I both know that there's nothing that says that.
1: There. Not a goddamn thing. Not a yeah. goddamn thing at all. Also,
2: so- okay, the, the other thing <laughs> that is funny is that yeah. he criticizes Schwab there for saying, don't you just love the intellectual openness of your typical globalist? He might as well have written, I thought I was right before the pandemic, but now I know I'm even more right, which is A, what Alex does all the all time. The time. Secondly, I thought, I,
1: look, 10 years ago, I was saying that the globalists are going to come in and they're going to take your babies and they're going to inject them with saline. And, now and they saline, did already. if you don't know, that's what fluoride's made from. I thought it then. I know it now. It's truer yeah. than ever.
2: So first of all, that's what I does. Second of all... It's what every public intellectual does. Mm-hmm. It's, hey, this latest event proves that my theory that's barely related is correct. <laughs> like literally every person that speaks in public for a living has redu- reduces every event, not literally. 99% of people, before I get the pedants on me, mm-hmm. 99% of people will just spin the latest thing into why they were right all along. That's all it is because everyone is trying to maintain relevance in this ephemeral world. Yep. Anyway, that's why I, I was no right comment, about... have no because you're just correct. <laughs> yeah, no, <that's> it. <laughs> but so
1: Alex goes on, and he's really mad now about the fact that Schwab talked about the Chinese Communist Party, and he wasn't oh, just okay. writing can you read an unfair critique. Can
2: you read me the bit that he says is unfailing praise, please? Yes. Well, oh,
1: do you just love my voice so much? That's I, why you want me to read it? Fine, adore, I guess I will.
2: Uh, I adore it, Kevin. Alex you know.
1: says, quote, but all those governments, they're just good and pure like fresh rainwater from the sky. And would it be a Klaus Schwab book without unfailing praise for the brutality of the Chinese Communist Party? Okay,
2: so I would like the specific recollection, as people hear the words you're about to say, that not only is this unfailing praise for China, this is unfailing praise specifically for the brutality of the Chinese Communist Party. See if you can find, it's it's quite subtle, But see if you can find it in the Mm words. It's so subtle it's not fucking there. Let's see. (laughs) (laughs) And this is the
1: quote from Schwab's book, where I will tell you from the preface, uh, where it says, quote, Under the leadership of Chairman Mao from 1949 to 1975, the Communist Party of China, CPC, became the lone governing party of the country, ending the political turmoil more decidedly. The CPC founded the People's Republic of China as a single-party state, which brought stability to the regime for the price of democratic freedom.
2: I've never heard such fawning praise. Jeez, I just can't believe it. You know what?
1: When that motherfucker put those words down, I bet he was wearing an armband with a red star on it and a, and a one of them tan hats jacket that's like kind of green kind of
2: beige you can't really you know, you know can't really place the color but you know it's you know what it means yeah yeah
1: exactly just like one of those just like one of those and so uh i will tell Can you that, as into I said, being
2: a, either a beret or a commissar hat depending
1: on the, like you know what i mean yeah. so that part is in the preface uh and he gives you a full full paragraph there unlike he normally does where he cuts mm-hmm. things out of context
2: yeah but it does seem like it's still out of context because there's a nice more in there mm. a more decidedly you know Yeah, Seems like it was maybe referring to some other time periods as well. Let me read you the next uh,
1: two paragraphs here, Mm, where it says, quote. Is it
2: more unfailing praise?
1: "Mm, Absolutely. On the social and economic front, the People's Republic in its early years did not manage to bring about the progress enjoyed in other regions, including the United States, Western Europe, and the Soviet Union. The country reverted to autarky in terms of food production, central planning for its industrial production, and severe restrictions in terms of political and cultural freedoms. By the late 1970s, when Deng Xiaoping came to power, as a successor of Mao, the Chinese economy was a shadow of its former self. The Middle Kingdom, as China is sometimes called, had become a developing country, and many of its people lived below the poverty line. Just unfettered praise for Absolutely. the brutality of the Chinese Communist Disgusting. Party there. I think, and this is the only hint Alex gets us uh, gives us, is that the fact that he didn't expand on the concept of democratic freedom makes Alex mad. Yeah. And that's why he was really it was upset.
2: like, oh, is it just democratic freedom they're throwing away? Like, I don't think like Schwab's not even like, yeah, it's good that they traded stability for democratic freedom. He's just like, hey, this is a thing that happened.
1: Exactly, it's just a, <laughs> he's describing the history of China in one of its most transformative periods in a paragraph,
2: yeah. like in a single paragraph.
1: <laughs> he actually goes on; it's a decently sized section about China that he has i mean and then he, he goes on to talk about shenzhen s- the industrial p- zone there in the 1980s and all this stuff um and then the reforms that dang brought in and all this stuff it, it goes on for a while
2: yeah and then there's a weird pivot to singapore for no real reason yeah because that's my, my, the, the best thing about this is just like he pivots <laughs> to singapore and he goes that sucks and then just ends the section <laughs> yeah we'll
1: talk about this for a second here right okay yeah. so the next the next quote he has from Schwab is about Deng Xiaoping visiting Singapore in seventy eight, and the to try
2: and kickstart the learn lessons to kickstart the Chinese economy.
1: Right, and you know the Deng's big uh, thing he brought to China was called the Beijing Spring, or I think that's just what we call it outside of China. But it was the opening up of China to the rest of the world. It was a lessening of all the social restrictions and was things it that Deng
2: were going that on. met Nixon, or was it the one before Deng?
1: No, it, it was that uh, would have
2: been nineteen. 19- 70s. was it was it oh god i don't remember the years the early it'd be the early 70s because uh, i don't
1: remember if that was dang or yeah i can't remember well dang well, i think dang was the only, the the one who immediately succeeded mao but i don't have my chinese history memorized mao so was, i'm mao not going to quote mao myself was on that
2: 75 so i'd say probably dang it was probably dang was it well, god why can't i remember what
1: year nixon left office was it watergate fuck i don't remember shit who cares? We'll talk about other stuff. Uh, so Alex gets real mad about the Asian tigers. And if you don't know about the Asian tigers, those are four countries. Hong Kong, well, countries in quotes. Hong Kong, Taiwan, Singapore, and South Korea. And that's not air quotes because I am supporting
2: China's <laughs> claim to the nation of Taiwan. Uh, uh, Nixon, Matt Zhu, and Lai, by the way. There we go. Okay. Yeah.
1: So anyways... Alex gets real mad about the Asian Tigers, which the reason why they're called the Asian Tigers is because they had this massive
2: economic growth. Because of Western racism. well, probably.
1: They had this massive growth in the 70s and 80s, and they've actually had, you know, their their GDPs have continued to uh, increase to this day. Um, Alex claims that the Asian Tigers are one-party totalitarian government's and remain at this writing. That is what he says.
2: South Korea would like a word. South Korea would like a word.
1: That was what I was about to point out. South Korea would very much like a word. Uh, uh, you know, it's just just got to point that out there. Also, uh, you know, there, there's... We can talk about Taiwan and Singapore. Taiwan and Singapore, both largely one-party countries. But uh, do
2: have elections. Like... That do
1: have democratic elections. I would argue about the freeness of Singapore's democratic elections in particular. Um, just because of the the amount of the stranglehold that the ruling party in uh, Singapore has. Uh, the, the People's Action Party, the PAP. Uh, uh, there's really only one workable opposition party, which is the Workers' Party in Singapore. Uh, I... I spent a lot of time in college studying Singaporean politics and I found it very fascinating. Taiwan, on the other hand, has had basically two parties exchanging power since about the year 2000. Uh, You have the, uh, I think it's the KMT and was it the DPP, I think are the two parties that are basically going back and forth between who holds the legislature and the the, uh, presidency since about the year 2000. Very much, you know, not a one party state, Alex. We can also definitely talk about the way those countries, uh, you know, Hong Kong obviously has a lot of issues, given that it's under the thumb of China, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. But there's we can also talk about how those four places uh, have much significantly higher restrictions on what Americans would consider freedoms Mm -hmm. than other places do. That's definitely, but Alex is largely on board with most of those. Singapore kills you for drugs. They have the death penalty.
2: All this oh, yeah, shit. The right, the, the, did you see that thing that went around Twitter? I think it was fucking Matt Walsh again, um, or the other one that has a similar name that I forget. Uh, the, there was like a video of Changi Airport, and like this is what you get when you like have strict laws on drug dealers. Like no, because <laughs> Changi Airport's fucking magnificent. Like oh, I don't know oh, if you've seen I it,
1: I, but... I was there once on a connecting flight. You could <laughs> spend a week there. I think they do have a hotel with like a water Yeah, park yeah, they at the, they
2: the they, they have like the whole all the like like greenery and water features. It's mm-hmm. amazing. But like he was like, yeah, we should execute drug dealers and then we would have airports like this. You know, mm, like Not
1: so much. Not so sense. much.
2: Mm. But anyway,
1: so Alex is really mad about all that. Uh Schwab talks some more about Singapore. None of it really matters. Uh but Alex claims that Schwab is just Glowing of all these places and Singapore is he's, he's just so happy about Singapore. And we can also talk about how a lot of the the uh, the reason why Singapore has a one party government really is in large part because of the popularity of Lee Kuan Yew, who mm-hmm. was the uh, longtime leader of the PAP in Singapore. I don't need to talk about <laughs> Singaporean politics any longer.
2: No, but well, out- also, I mean, it's it's just uh Alex doesn't it, understand any of this nuance. It's also a small country. Like, it, it's much easier for, for places to have, uh, like, w- with lower populations to just all be on board with how things go because, like, small, rich countries generally have less strife because, like, people are generally doing better. Like, there's 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 fewer people feel left behind, I think.
1: Yeah, if you ever want to uh, have a, a, a good... Um watch a funny youtube video that seems weird to an outsider go look up uh singapore's uh what is it their their love day or something like that commercials because singapore has a declining birth rate problem and they always try to encourage people to uh... are they trying
2: to get citizens to fuck is that yes they do yes Very they cool. do
1: singapore for a long time is at a program where on one day of the year i forget when it is like couples get a free uh, cruise
2: out, Fun. just like, like a dinner cruise or something like that, okay. and they're encouraged to go out and have sex and have kids. They, uh should simply have less restrictive immigration policies. <laughs> because they have super strict immigration policies. They might be a good look idea. At that,
1: yeah. Uh, but so anyways, we get a section break and we get to the next section of the chapter.
2: Hold on, we missed the bit where he's like hates protectionism. He's just
1: No no, no we're not th- I don't think we're there yet, are no, we? There
2: were, yeah we are Oh, yes
1: you're right you're right. So after he talked about Deng Xiaoping and all that, he says quote, let's be honest about some of our terms. What's meant by the shielding of key industries from foreign competition, which is a quote from the, the Schwab book, that's protectionism, plain yeah. and
2: simple. Which is the opposite of globalism. So, which one do you want?
1: I, you know, and it's not I, the opposite. I mean, I Alex that, absolutely but... supported Trump's tariffs and shit. Mm-hmm. So. I know he's on board with protectionism. It's just Just not
2: protectionism that doesn't work in our interests. The refusal
1: to be nailed down on anything is a large part of what Alex does. right? The refusal to have a hard position on things outside of the key, you know, outside of guns and a couple other key things like the globalist, which is not a hard position anyways, because he can't bother to fucking define what a globalist is. But anyways, so we get that section break and he says, quote, for Schwab, elections just seem to be a formality. He'll work with those who got to their positions of power through the ballot or the bullet. The important thing is that the leaders do his bidding. But in Schwab's formulation of the world, there's no doubt it's the corporations who should be in charge. And he tells us that because there's a paragraph where he's talking about how, uh, you know, governments should shape inclusive policies and bigness practices, mm-hmm. which didn't make sense again. I just... I get blown away by it every time. How far away these are? Well, the he's like, he's
2: well, business do. shouldn't tell government what to do. But can you imagine if he was like, it was government telling businesses what to do? He would lose it, his. It's shit. the same problem with yeah. protectionism, yeah. globalism. Yeah. He's on both sides of it, <laughs> and neither. He's on both because he everywhere. realizes he's everything, everywhere, all at once.
1: <laughs> it's like he realizes the right wing talking point is this. So this is my position, and that's that <laughs> globalism is bad. But then he comes up against protectionism. He's like, oh, wait, if I Ah, think about it for half a second, that's kind of bad. That sounds bad. We shouldn't do that. So maybe I have to also be against that. I can't have a position.
2: That's his problem. (laughs) He just hides his other hand while he's showing you that hand. And you're like, what do you got in that other hand? He's like, nothing. (laughs) (laughs) But now we get some talk about Greta Thunberg.
1: Um, is it Which, Thunberg
2: or Thunberg?
1: I think I've heard it's it pronounced Thunberg,
2: both ways. technically, yeah. I,
1: I, I don't know, because I don't speak that language. Um, but I'm willing to learn. Uh, <laughs> actually, no.
2: I can't do languages. It's not no. my thing. Yeah. I just can't remember it's, them. It's very much my thing, and Swedish it's... is
1: a weird language. So. <laughs> but he says, quote... But sometimes, the best spokesperson for The Globalist might be an actual child, like Greta Thunberg. At the time she burst onto the world stage and the stage at the World Economic Forum, she was only 16 years old. I wonder if she realizes the incongruity of her being allowed to lecture on the stage. Well, that's a misplaced comma there. I just have to point that out. It's a allowed to lecture, comma, on such a stage. There's been a lot of weird typos in this one. Yeah, it's just bad. On such a stage, the wealthiest people in the world, that they have not done enough. Hopefully, at some point, as she gains a few more years and <laughs> some more life When you're a little life bit older,
2: Greta, you'll understand. Yeah,
1: exactly. That's what it is. That's what it is. She will more deeply question the motives of those who promoted her on their various platforms. Like, people hopefully uh, uh, question the motives of anyone who promoted Alex. Um, and then we get you know, Schwab vaguely referencing Greta in a quote. It doesn't really make sense. We don't really have to talk about it. But then Alex continues talking about this quote. Schwab was quite clear in 2022 that he didn't want any dissent at his world economic forum. We talked about that. It was just like the don't be dicks thing that... uh, And also,
2: they didn't let Alex in.
1: Yeah, probably. Probably what he's mad about. So how is it that he's promoting this young woman on his stage to criticize every member of the Davos gathering? My answer is because it serves the goals of Klaus Schwab. In order to take power, Schwab and his globalists need everything to be torn down. Thunberg wants to tear things down as well, so it serves his ends. Mm, dun, okay. dun, dun. dun dun dun! And then yeah. there's just more condescension of of Greta, and it's like, dude, I she fucking. Like
2: was, uh, I think feel like it was a very like 2017 thing to be dunking on Greta. I feel like it's quite a boring thing to do. It now.
1: really is. And the thing is, like, he should Alex should know everyone who dunks on Greta gets
2: ends up arrested. in Romania jail. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I was about to say, but she does own on Twitter. She does fucking own on Twitter. Uh, But he says about her, quote, We all remember what it was like to be young and filled with moral righteousness. But as we matured, and this is, I had to highlight this paragraph because it's like, Alex, know thyself. But as we matured, we started to have a greater understanding of the complexity of the world. We came to understand that the best decisions are not made from a place of panic, but from calm, rational consideration, like telling people to shoot those black hordes after taking a nice swig out of your big white cup, as Alex did earlier, it's just—it's just really gross, man. It's just—I—I I, I don't know why, but the condescension to Greta is just really gross to me in this chapter. Just bothered me for reasons I don't know. It's just mm-hmm. like, Alex, you have the mind of a child. You have <laughs> no place to be talking down to someone for being under the age of eighteen. Go yeah. fuck yourself. Yeah. So there's this paragraph from Schwab where he talks about a couple of ideas, right? So I'll just read you what those ideas are. First, a government should value the contributions everyone makes to society, provide equal opportunities to all, and curb any excessive inequalities as they arise. Second, it should act as an arbiter and regulator for companies operating in the free market. And third, as guardian of future generations, it should put a stop to activities that degrade the environment. Now, you already mentioned that earlier Alex was mad that gov- that uh, corporations were going to be telling the government what to do. Mm. Now, as you <laughs> predicted, he's mad <laughs> that government is telling corporations what to do. Uh, mm. so yeah, that's it's the whole bullshit. Oh, uh, government should just protect the rights of individuals. And then everyone will prosper.
2: Yeah, I mean that's what that's what they always it's always the pseudo libertarian thing. This does he, lead into my favorite line, actually, of the chat. Oh, right? is now it a bad analogy? No, it's now I consider myself an environmentalist, which is oh, a legitimately yeah. funny line. Yes, it is. We'll uh, get to
1: that in a moment. We'll get yeah, to that in a moment. Okay, but he does right. uh, he does have a bad analogy of two kids on a baseball team, one of whom can't hit oh, a baseball, yeah. the other one can. And Alex asks, is it equitable to let one of the kids have a career in professional baseball while the other one needs to pursue a different career, like accounting? And the answer to that is yes, Alex. The answer is yes. (laughs)
2: <laughs> it's to we, it's to not tell the kid that shit at baseball that he can't play baseball anymore because right, he's shit at right, baseball right, right. you, you let can him still play. play you just won't play in the pro leagues and that's yeah fine. exactly <laughs> like
1: there's no component of equity which is everyone gets to play for the mets there's yeah. just <laughs> it's just not a thing yeah. um and then Alex, oh, he got us. He got us with some pedantry when he's going over that uh, government should value uh, the contributions everybody makes to society. He asks Does that include drug dealers, murderers, war profiteers, and child molesters? Ooh, you got us, Alex. Yeah. Yeah. You got yeah. us. I guess everybody doesn't mean everybody.
2: It's that drill tweet of like, you do not by any means have to hand it to them. (laughs) (laughs) Going back on a previous, (laughs) going recanting my previous tweet.
1: Hashtag not not every everybody. Uh.
0: (laughs) But then he has this weird thing
1: he says in schwab's formulation the government at this point no doubt stacked with globalists will act as an arbiter and regulator for companies operating on the free market do you see how the government has just usurped the role of the justice system in schwab's plan
2: no <laughs> what does alex think the justice system is uh, well clearly he knows better now that he's he? been through it <laughs>
1: Does he think that the justice system exists separate from government? Mm -hmm. Because that would be incorrect. But yes, now we finally get to the quote that you love so much, where he says, This is,
2: to be fair, a legitimately funny and self-aware line from Alex.
1: Little bit, little bit, yeah. He says, quote, Finally, Schwab claims the government role as guardian of future generations in order to protect the environment. Now, I consider myself an environmentalist, not wanting people to spray chemicals that cause the frogs to dot, 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 well, dot, 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 behave in unusual ways.
2: <laughs> not unusual.
1: <laughs> nope, not unusual, Alex. Not unusual. And we all know you were talking about them using those to make people gay, not frogs. We know what you <laughs> care about. Um, but he's been skipping down a few sentences. What I won't do is proclaim some universal right for the government to do anything it damned well pleases if it justifies it on the basis of environmental.
2: That's also not what anyone else wants. That, th- yeah. Thankfully... <laughs>
1: Now I'm going to need you ready to do your uh, your catchphrase here for the the last okay. part of this page. What is
2: what was it what did I say line break paragraph break?
1: I don't remember, but you'll so come up with whatever. it while I read it. This is the way tyrants take power. Line break. They don't tell you they want to steal your rights. Line break. They tell you that if you just give them the power they will make it all better. Line break. But don't listen to them. Line break. <laughs> that one on its own is nonsensical. <laughs> Making the world a better place, whatever you believe that to be, is your job.
2: Period. End of sentence. There we go. Wow. Just, we, we find ways to have fun, don't we? We do, we find yeah. ways to have fun I hope, I hope the audience is, is also enjoying it.
1: So Alex talks about why he is still optimistic about uh, defeating the globalists, uh, and it's because he thinks he's a great storyteller.
2: That is it. That's literally it. Kevin is not joking. He is and, the hero with a thousand faces. Uh-huh.
1: And, and the globalists... They're bad storytellers, and Which Alex may be true. Might might be true. Could be not the best novelist. There are no Stephen Kings. Uh, but Alex says he never stops to consider the, fu- the consider the fundamental lie at the heart of his narrative. The lie is that the individual cannot be trusted to make their own decisions. It's a lie they'll never be able to sell, no matter how many experts they got to tell you that you can't be trusted with the choices for your life, and none of you know what the next sentence is going to be. None of you can fucking guess what the next sentence is going to be. You might be able to because of my alternate job style. Mm, Maybe. He continues. Recently, Hollywood was rocked by the unexpected success of a movie that few expected to be so wildly popular, other than everyone, other than literally everyone. The sequel
2: to internationally beloved... Gun. Yeah, nobody knew that was going to be so popular. The people have been clamoring for for fucking years. Y-
1: you know how every Tom Cruise movie tops the charts every yeah. single time it comes out, and even if it's total shit because it's Tom fucking Cruise? Nobody knew this movie was going to be a success. He continues. The star-, movie review. <laughs> the star was recreating a role that he'd first plays 35 years earlier. It dealt with genuine military heroism, and there was nothing remotely woke about it. I am speaking, of course, of Tom Cruise's movie Top Gun Maverick, in which he portrays Pete Maverick Mitchell. Great.
2: No, no, it's 100%. It's, it's also, so perfect. It, we were talking about this before we came on air, but the fact that he like has this huge love in for someone who's actually part of a global conspiracy to make people <laughs> weird... In wow. Tom Cruise and Scientology. Where's your wife, David? Where's your wife, very buddy?
1: Funny. Where are you, buddy? I don't think <laughs> yeah. anyone's seen David Miscavige for a while.
2: Is it Miscavige or Miscavige? I always pronounce Who it Miscav-
1: gives a fuck? He's a well, goddamn cult leader. I don't care <laughs> if I mispronounce his name. But so, yes, the next two pages. Literally Alex, two pages. Alex talking include, about the plot. The parathes-
2: <laughs> parenthetical. <laughs> wonderfully played by Ed Harris. Yeah. <laughs> He just you wants know what? you to know that he really rated Ed Harris's performance. It would
1: not be an Alex Jones book without a movie review. It would not That's be. True. I cannot That's tell true. you how often Alex talks about movies and TV shows on his radio show. All the fucking time. Because fiction is the only thing that comes close enough to his narratives for him to talk about
2: in a metaphorical way.
1: It's the only thing anywhere near. So I'm not going to read the entire uh, uh, breakdown no, of the No, it's plot basically...
2: Too. Tom Cruise doesn't follow the orders of higher-ups. Mm. Then... Well, I'm going
1: gonna, I'm gonna to give you a small portion from the next page, from the uh, second page of it. And uh, this is, quote, The next scene is of some cowboy diner, maybe in the Rocky Mountains, and Maverick stumbles in, dazed, wearing his flight jacket, soot on his face.
2: after. Uh, sorry, this is after he ignored orders and crashed his fucking plane. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I haven't seen the movie, I can't tell you. Okay. His hair blown back like some fighter jock Einstein, and he asks, where am I? The diners are startled by his appearance none of them speak then one small boy pipes up earth in- <laughs> <laughs> incredibly cheesy you might say I would
2: say yeah I definitely would
1: but there is brilliance to the story because it mirrors what we believe in the depths of our souls tom cruise gives us a vision of how we want to one day
2: prevent our present present ourselves to present
1: god. ourselves to Zenu. i mean god wait god. what are you writing yeah, uh, I will fight to save those I love.
2: Line break. I,
1: <laughs> I will fight next to realize great ambitions, and in the end, I will fight to be a completely unique individual. The glo- wait line break. Sorry. Yeah, the globalists will never come up with such a compelling narrative because they don't believe in humanity. I will remind everyone that one of the worst movies of all time was produced by the Church of Scientology?
2: Which one was that? Is
1: it Battlefield Earth? Is that the uh, name of it? Yeah, uh, yeah, I yeah. think it's Battlefield Earth. Fucking horrible movie based oh. off of some of Elron uh, Ron or Hubbard's fucking shitty science Scrubbles. fiction. Scribbles. Yeah. Yep, yep. Oh, God. Um, so... The next page or so, uh, I don't have many notes on because it's, it's no, not really I, very good. I, the,
2: only, the only thing I underlined here was where he called something domestic abuse of the reader, when yep. it's just, like, just abuse of the reader, because he had domestic abuse on the brain for some reason. Yep, I have that highlighted as well. <laughs> um,
1: and then he says that, well, there's a reason that Schwab doesn't tell you anything about himself. Um, and he, he explains it to us here, where he says, quote, That's because he knows that if he talks about the failures of others, the conclusion readers will draw, is that Schwab and his Davos buddies have none of those flaws. They are consciously assuming the mantle of the ubermenschen, the supermen, who never share the slightest detail about themselves, which would make us connect with them as human beings. And Alex has clearly never read a Superman comic. I'll just yeah. say that much, because you learn a lot about Superman. You do. You learn a lot about him as a human. And uh, it, it makes you think he's he's really great, because he's Superman. Um, I don't know if I would feel great about Klaus Schwab if I knew more about him, uh, but I'm not an obsessive like Alex, so I'm not going to pretend that I care, uh, I think is the big thing. I also bet you can find a bio of him. I bet I could. Am I going to read it? No, I'm no. really not. I'm really not. So we're on the last three pages here, and, you know,
2: not not
1: not much to care about.
2: Just He has an extensive bio on the World Economic Forum website. <laughs> sure.
1: Don't care. Not going to read it not gonna read it don't care about the guy no he's what 95 fucking years old he's got like a six months left i don't (laughs) care it's not gonna matter
2: well from his Uh, bio he was uh (laughs) i can tell you (laughs) tell you when he was born definitely uh hold on he was born in 1938 cool he's so he he was born in nazi germany which sucks for him sucks for him is he jewish uh don't know good question
1: I don't know why his association with George Soros
2: <laughs> made me ask if he... Oh, God, Alex is fucking my brain. Mm. Alex is fucking my brain. Well, you know, his <laughs> the, the one influence that is listed on this dude, on his Wikipedia page, is uh, Henry Kissinger. <laughs> <laughs> so that's ah. good. So we can conclude fuck both of them.
1: Yeah. Oh, God, that also means Klaus Schwab is immortal, too. Fuck! are mm, no, fucked. Die. <laughs> We're all fucked. We're all fucked. But uh, just to give you a taste of the just drivel Alex puts in these uh, last few pages here, he says, quote, As I've said before, the globalists have been using every world crisis from World War I to COVID-19 to push their agenda. Each crisis demands the same response they've been making for more than a century. And it's just more government because Alex Mm -hmm. is anti-government, but he's apparently not pro-corporation. Which would, under his paradigm, no, pure Kevin capitalism, be the individual, only? Individual,
2: for fuck's sake, pay attention. Oh,
1: I should have learned that. I should have learned mm. what that means, because he sure as shit hasn't told me what that means. No.
2: <laughs> Make your own decisions, folks, as long as they agree with my decisions. But it's very
1: much just in my mind. Just thinking about what Alex has put out here, right? Because he's talking. He, he, we've gone over this part before, where they use all the crises to push their agenda. And it and the reality of it is, um, crises reveal that we do in fact need more government intervention to prevent crises because government intervention is collective action because as Barack Obama once said, and I've learned from right-wing shitbags, the one thing we all belong to is the government. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't remember who misquoted that, that, uh, that I remember us fact checking it on, but I want to yeah. say it was Glenn Beck. I want to say it was right. Glenn Beck. No, it, feels, that it feels like a Glennism rings a bell rings a bell. But it just is that much. It's like, yeah, COVID-19 revealed that we need to have safety nets in place in the case of major disaster, major crises Mm -hmm. that might strike us. That is what we need. It is a thing. It's legitimate. It's, but to Alex, it's control. And I've talked a lot before about how all these people obsess over the idea of control. And my theory that I still hold is that the reason they obsess over control is because if your boogeyman just want control and power, you can basically fit any conspiracy inside of that box. Mm -hmm. If you ascribe to them rational ends, then most of your conspiracies... Why would they want that? Why would they want COVID-19 and to kill off a whole bunch of people? Because that's going to affect them too. Well, but if all they care about is control, well, they know that they're not going to die because they're billionaires, Mm -hmm. right? They're not going to get COVID.
2: They've already got the magic
1: cure. But they can use COVID to
2: control all of us. And
1: then... They can use the poison vaccines to control all of us. It's what it all is. It goes back to that all the time. So we get now to the last page. And before before we do, he just has a blurb from Schwab talking about the Build Back Better plan and the families plan that was in it, uh, which is insufficient and not enough. And definitely we need more uh, to help families in the United States. But that's an example for Alex of this increased government control, of course. But now we get to the final page of chapter 9, which I will, as I do, read in its entirety, and it is, quote, The globalists think they're winning, but if their ideas had been any good in the first place, they wouldn't have had to conceal them. I just, it's revealing the fucking bullshit, man. You've said throughout this entire book that they weren't hiding it. They were doing it out in the open. Here's the documents. Here's the quotes. Here's where they're doing it. And now you're saying they're concealing it? Yeah. God, he still (laughs) manages to make me mad. He continues. I know, I see that. And they still have their dissident problem, which is only going to get worse. Yes, they may kick us off their platforms, (laughs) but we'll build new ones, Mm. like Band.Video, which still hosts notorious American neo-Nazi Nick Fuentes, by the way. Still has a platform with Alex. Yes, they may kick us off their platforms. We'll build new ones. If they demonetize us, we'll figure a way around that as well. Like large Bitcoin donations mm. coming in mysteriously to Alex Jones's Bitcoin wallet, which, if you didn't know, does not go to free speech systems. It goes directly to Alex's personal bank account. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Continues. Might they go so far as to kill some of us? They might. Can you, like, I'm not going to do it because it would be really annoying, but just imagine there's a line break every three words and you wouldn't I, be wrong. I thought you were going to ask uh, me to do the Netherlands accent for the no, rest of the page. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, there's literally, like, a line break every three line break, words. Line so, break, line break, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm not exactly. going to do it because every other word would be line break, yeah, but... Yeah.
1: But each death would cost them precious capital, putting the lie to their claim of doing it for the public good. And despite all of their gun control measures... That's the whole point of the book! <laughs> that was always the point of the book! That was always the point of the book! It's always been about guns! It's always been about guns!
2: Yep. It came back to guns! It always does. Because all amendment. Alex cares about and is guns! And it's the Second Amendment because it's the second most important. I know After I'm yelling. Speech, baby. Yeah, I know I'm yelling. you got to turn the volume down on that. I'm going to have to reduce you. the volume
1: yeah. on that in post. But it came back to guns. And because Alex... At his core, what he wants is his fucking guns because he thinks it makes him a fucking tough guy Mm. when he's just a podgy, near-50-year-old lying loser. God, it's all about guns. Why did he lie about Sandy Hook? He knew Sandy Hook was real. He knew it happened. Why did he lie about it? Guns. Because he thought that someone might push for gun control after it. He's nearly admitted as much in his depositions and in his testimony in his many trials. Why do you lie about the Aurora, Colorado, uh, uh, Batman shooting guns? Why did he lie about Parkland? Why did he lie about David Hogg guns? Pick a thing. He lied because of guns.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: That's what it, it 90% of the time with him. That's what it comes down to. It's always about guns. He continues. The second amendment was not placed right after free speech because the founding fathers wanted to protect our right to hunt. The Second Amendment serves as a check on a government that might seek to become a tyranny. I understand these are scary times. And then, let's just be honest right there. He's he's basically pushing his people to go shoot government. He's pushing them to go shoot up a well, to government be, To
2: be primed to, anyway. It's stochastic
1: terrorism. It's yeah. stochastic terrorism on this page. It's what it is. Because he has spent this entire book telling people they are trying to murder you and your families. Mm. They're trying to create tyranny. That is what they are doing. What can you do about it? You have guns. That is what he has said. It's, it's. That's like the most honest summary of this book that I Mm. can give. They're trying to kill you, but you have guns. Mm -hmm. Go get them, boy. It might as well be. He continues. I understand these are scary times, but I'm not afraid. I believe, as St. Augustine did, Alex is not Catholic, by the way, the truth is like a lion. You don't have to defend it. Let it loose. It will defend itself. Mm. More stochastic terrorism. I have sought to set the truth free in this book, abundantly using the words of Klaus Schwab and his fellow globalists. The power is in your hands.
2: Mm.
1: More terror. Did I read the part where he says that our side has most of the guns? I think I read that part, didn't I? Yeah yeah. I think so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Stochastic terrorism. Final sentence. However, in the final chapter of this book, I will review ten areas to watch for globalist plans as God plans their ultimate defeat. Oh, what a whiny End baby! If God's
2: planning it, just let him fucking do it. You
1: don't have of to do chapter. anything. Well you know how you know how God's plan uh requires uh, uh fifty calibers. Extreme
2: human intervention, yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: you know you know how God's plan uh require a shooting war? Yep.
2: You know how that's a thing? Yep. God damn man. I just this chapter, um it's chapter kind of Escalated, fucking... yeah, it did. Yeah, you really took on too much to read at the end of that chapter. It raised you, my wasn't. blood pressure a little yeah, bit, I can buddy. Tell. Yeah, I can see that you've gone right in the face. It's matching your nice pink shirt. It's great. This is a lovely pink shirt. It is so a lovely pink a nice shirt, but pink now your face is the same color. <laughs> uh
1: Benedith I mean, we're one chapter away from being mm. done, right? We're we're very close to the end here. And I think uh we've we've enjoyed the, this book honestly has probably been my most enjoyable so yeah, far. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um but uh I'm excited for that last chapter and mm-hmm. to learn what those ten areas are. I hope you are as well.
2: Yeah, can't wait. <laughs> And hopefully one of the solutions will be give my book, 10 copies of my book to your friends and family. God,
1: I hope it is. God, I really hope it is. That would be the greatest way to end this book. It'd be so fantastic. But thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, if you just can't get enough of us, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash NYGBC and become a patron for as little as $1 an episode for patron-only episodes, shout-outs on the show, early releases of our episodes, and more. As al- As always, we have to give a shout-out to our wonderful and amazing patrons. I love it when Jordan yells out, thank you very much. A little flick. Hey, Benedict, what's your bright spot? Not today. <laughs> Not today, Jesus. Black <laughs> weasel. Sadie's Sister Wednesday, Karen Dackler. Join us next week when our guest will be Sam Bankman-Fried. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Henry Louis King
1: Jr. Sarah I lied.
2: My, my bright spot at the moment is that changing guest every <laughs> week.
1: Sorry, carry on. Aaron Burke, Megan A. Dooley, Gloria Scott, Clifton Stuckey, Pause. A Restless Native, A Baby, Wham, Veronica Forker, Melissa C., George Saulnier, Stefan, Shark Belly, Utah Outcast, Brent Lee, Dave Barwick, Chris Palmer, Bad Bible Stitches, Mockingbird Nation, Bacaw, Benjamin Carlyle, Dexter, Allison, Megan Ruth, Glowrung the Deceiver, Big Easy Blasphemy, Jay Reynolds, Stephen, and Cindy Dimmick, Taru Takanan, and Balls Waterson. Thank you all, as always, for being our patrons. That's it for this week's show. Till next time, it was always about guns. Goodbye. Goodbye. The podcast is a production of Kevin and Benedict Productions, copyright 2020, all rights reserved. Music for this podcast is by Silverman Sound Studios. Find out more at silvermansound.com. I don't know why I can't do the Albert Hall one today. I don't know why I can't whistle <laughs> it.
2: has only got one ball. Shouldn't it be he's only got one bollocks? it doesn't it's not the Albert Hollocks though unfortunately <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's going in the outro <laughs>